it happens every time I make a video about this topic. Every single time. And I guess I understand because I was probably of that frame of mind myself before I actually tried using this. And so today I just want to talk about my change, I guess, or maybe it is a evolution in my thinking when using the B-Script DOF adapter. Hey guys, Blake Calhoun and another episode of Almost Professional, the podcast about mobile filmmaking, indie filmmaking, DIY filmmaking, really all things filmmaking. And today, yeah, just a little rambling commentary on the B-Script DOF adapter, using that, of course, with a phone, in my case, an iPhone 12 Pro Max. I released a video earlier this week, depending on when you're listening to this, those videos always do pretty well on my channel and it's largely, I think, because they're controversial or it's controversial. There are reasons for that and I understand some of them, but many of them I don't. Let me back up. Maybe a year ago, could be longer than that actually, I did an entire podcast episode on why I was skeptical of the DOF adapters. At the time, Richard Lackey, who I'm sure most of you guys know who he is, he had just gotten one. I believe he got the Ulanzi one first, but he also, I believe, got the B-Script version. And he was out shooting around Dubai, like he often does. And I had read that or saw that on Twitter, and then I went on a mild rant. My favorite things about mobile video are the mobile aspect. And that's still true. That's absolutely true. But that's not to say having options isn't true too, or isn't viable too. And in particular, and this is kind of the larger point I want to make, because of where the technology has landed now, where we are today. Again, that was about two years ago, maybe a year and a half ago. The 12 Pro Max has really opened my eyes to using the phone in a much more professional manner. Not that I haven't in the past and not that loads of you guys who listen to this haven't in the past or don't right now with older devices. I mean, heck, as we've talked about numerous times, I've shot all my short films starting with the iPhone 6, I believe, 6S, using older devices. Steven Soderbergh shot two feature films using an iPhone 8. And by today's standards, those are kind of antiquated. I mean, they still look good, don't get me wrong, but just when it comes to the various enhancements or improvements we've seen in, in dynamic range, and of course, sensor size, aperture, et cetera. And so part of my evolution, and this is what I talked about in the video, and the video was called the best iPhone cinema rig yet, and I want to emphasize yet because it does keep getting better, 
it was the combination of everything. It wasn't just the DOF. It wasn't just the beast cage, which I had just recently gotten. I also got a new lens, the Miticon 35 millimeter. Great little manual lens. That thing is awesome. When I was considering buying it, I watched a bunch of online videos and a lot of them were shot with red cameras or black magic cameras. It is a very affordable manual lens that has the aesthetic of a vintage lens. And maybe because it's cheap, and so the image might be a tad bit softer, but it's not soft in a bad way, not at all. It kind of has a creamy vibe to it versus the digital sharpness that a lot of modern glass has. I'm going off on a tangent here as I often do, but whenever I shoot with red or whatever camera I shoot on, traditional cameras, while I have a lot of contemporary modern glass like Sigma or Canon, et cetera, using older vintage glass, you'll get a much more cinematic look often without doing much in post-production. So that's the same thing though with the DOF adapter. And so using that lens in combination with the whole package, in my mind, makes it the best iPhone cinema rig yet. And the 10-bit video out of the new 12 Pro Max with the larger sensor, and of course shooting with Filmic Pro, I shot natural in this video, I didn't even shoot log. That too is encompassing this whole idea. So it's not just one thing, but the one thing that everyone always complains about or rails against is the DOF adapter. And their main complaint is usually, well, if I'm gonna rig it out like this, I might as well just use a DSLR. I hate that comment because it's just not well thought out. I understand where it comes from and I think I've said something similar in the past, but my retort now, and it actually has been really forever, is your DSLR can't make phone calls. <laughs> You've already got an iPhone. That's not to say don't buy a DSLR. Well, actually don't buy a DSLR. DSLR is old technology. Buy a mirrorless camera or a cinema camera. I mean, yeah, there are some newer DSLRs, or not newer, but there are some nice DSLRs, don't get me wrong, especially used ones. But if you're gonna buy a new camera, buy a cinema camera, like a Canon C70, or a Blackmagic camera, or even a Red Komodo, or buy a mirrorless camera, like the Sony a7S III, et cetera. Don't invest in a new DSLR camera, but that's a whole nother topic. So back to the rant, the main point is you already own the phone. Everybody already has a phone. No one, and I mean no one, goes out to buy a phone just to shoot video with. You might buy it because it shoots good video or because it has certain features, but you're not buying it as your solo video camera. Now, I have phones I use as video cameras only, but it's because I have a YouTube channel around mobile filmmaking. If I didn't have that, I wouldn't have these extra phones. And so since you have the phone, then having options, and this is the key thinking here, the key mindset, is great. No one's saying to use the B-Script DOF adapter as your only cinema camera or your only video camera. Now you can, and I know people that do, but that's where I think the rub is. It's like commenters on YouTube think that I'm suggesting or other people that get this are saying, I got this because it's better than XYZ or whatever. That's not the case at all. 
it's because you can do this. <laughs> it's not because it's better than or worse than. In many cases, it can be better, and in many cases, it can be worse. Although that is closing pretty rapidly. So no, you wouldn't use this setup to shoot your kid's birthday party. You wouldn't vlog with it on the beach in Maui. You wouldn't take it to do incognito kind of shots like at a theme park or whatever. No, that's what's great about the phone though, of course. This is for taking it to the next step. That's really quite obvious to me, but to some people it just bumps with them for whatever reason. It's potentially the money and it's not cheap. It's really not cheap. It's cheaper than buying a new DSLR or a new mirrorless camera, but really they're different animals. I do wish the DOF adapter was less expensive. It's like 270 bucks. He had it on sale, Vadim, the guys at B-Script had it on sale, I think for 220. And that is, in my mind, a better price. I would love it to be under 200 actually. If it was like 175 to 200, I think they would sell a lot more, but I'm sure they're a small company. The more you buy, the volume, the cheaper you can get them. So I'm assuming they cost them a pretty penny to get made. And so who knows what the profit margin is on that. And so that is legitimate that you don't want to spend that money if you don't need it. And it can end up being a luxury, that's for sure. However, it's a cool option to have. And that's my overall outlook on it now. It really is amazing that you can do that, that you have that ability, that option to not only shoot more cinematic looking footage with your phone, but also use it as a B camera with a Blackmagic camera, with a RED camera, and get very similar results. And I mean very. But that again is not why I'm interested in it. I'm not interested in it to match to a Blackmagic or a RED or a Canon or whatever. That is one thing you can do. I'm interested in it because it's just really cool that you can take this phone out of your pocket very quickly assemble it and start shooting very high-end looking footage. And the funny thing is it actually is very portable. That's another complaint I hear people say, oh, why would you use something that big and bulky that's not portable? It's actually very portable. If you listen to my podcast with the DP from the short film, No Hard Feelings, where you saw my YouTube video I did about that, they actually said that, that it's actually a nice, small, compact package and they were even using a huge 7200 Canon zoom lens. It's not small compared to the bare bones phone, but it's small compared to other cinema rigs. And really, if you get the beast cage, the DOF and a lens, you can put those in a very small bag and it is easy to travel with. And the elephant in the room with the DOF adapter, and I guess from now on, anytime I do a video about it, because I get new viewers, obviously, on YouTube, and they don't know the history of that, or maybe it's the first video they've seen on that, is the vignetting on wider shots on the edges. That is inherent to the DOF adapter. I don't like it. No one likes it. Well, let me, let me back up. Some people like it. I actually equate it to the guys who like using the prisms, the prisms in camera. You'll see some DPs will put a prism in front of the lens and you get this really cool in-camera effect. Now this isn't that extreme. This almost looks more like a focus trick or like you're doing a, an effect in post. The edges are soft. They're vignetted out of focus. It's simple to not have that though. All you have to do is frame a little bit wider 
than you normally would, maybe 10%, and then you zoom in in post-production. You push in and post by 10%. I'm guesstimating at the size there, every shot would be a little bit different, and then it's not there anymore. And that only really applies to wider shots. Tighter shots, you don't see it because everything is blurred and out of focus, which is really the whole idea behind using this adapter in the first place. And actually the B-Script guys recommend using 50 millimeter or longer, I believe is what they recommend. I like the wider lenses, not wide, wide, but the one I just got was a 35, 35 millimeter. I have a 24 millimeter I've used and I like it. And then I just got an 85 millimeter and I haven't shot with it yet, but it's another one of these Miticon. And I also have my Roken on, and most people are probably familiar with those. They're a little more expensive. Those lenses are five to 700. And I use those again with my traditional cameras. These Miticon lenses, the 35 millimeter was only 150 bucks. And the 85, I believe was about 200. And so they're, I mean, affordable, if not cheap. And I don't mean cheap build. They're actually very quality build made out of metal, heavy, they feel great. And the quality, the sharpness is there. It looks really good. I'm very happy with it. But people don't like the vignetting, and I get that for traditional filmmaking. If you're doing a music video or a stylized shot, that's pretty cool, actually. But for straight up narrative, no, you don't want that. So you just shoot wider and push in in post-production. Or I just mentioned the short film, No Hard Feelings, they went with almost a academy ratio, not quite 4.3, a little wider than 4.3, and they cropped it in, and you don't see it. So yeah, there are some workarounds. There's obviously advantages and disadvantages. And as a matter of fact, I'm writing a blog post to go along with this podcast, and I'm going to do several more in-depth videos about this because, again, as this technology advances, and I'm mainly talking about the phone at this point, when you pair it with this stuff, you can really get some damn good looking footage. I mean, surprisingly good. I've said that about Log V3 and Filmic Pro by itself with just the phone, but once you pair it with this stuff, you're shooting through this adapter, which gives it a little bit of a texture, and I mean that in a good way. It softens the image in a cinematic way, not an out of focus way, not like a bad soft piece of glass, just nice cinematic softness, which is what you want. That's what film does. That's even what the Arri Alexa does. And I'm not talking about resolution. I'm talking about sharpness. And again, not talking about being out of focus. I'm talking about overly sharp images that come out of digital cameras or phones in particular. You don't want that if you're trying to make a movie, if you're trying to do something more cinematic. This stuff helps eliminate that and makes it not look like a phone. <laughs> and for me, no matter what I'm doing, that's something I always go for. And I do that on every camera. In the end, and I had a conversation with Christopher Cohen from Filmic Pro, speaking of that, we've all been chasing the film look, and that's exactly what you're doing with this rig. You're chasing the film look. And coming in this fall, 2021, we'll see what the iPhone does, the iPhone 13, or maybe it's gonna be the iPhone 12S, we don't know. The rumor mill is saying they're going to have depth of field simulation, portrait mode video, and so you'll be able to potentially get shallow depth of field digitally with your phone, which is gonna be great. And that's actually what this DOF adapter does, but it's not simulated, it's real. And so I think there will still be a place for this adapter, even if that comes to pass, 
if for no other reason, and this is one thing that I didn't touch on, but I will in future videos, the ability to do a manual rack focus is imperative if you're making any kind of narrative. Being able to rack from one character to another or from, who knows, action in the background to someone's eyes, etc. You simply can't do that with a phone. And yes, of course, you have the racking abilities in Filmic Pro, but the throw is not far enough. It's not like you can do with traditional lenses. And so what I'm getting at is, even if there is simulated shallow depth of field, portrait, bokeh, etc., you won't be able to rack that, at least not the way you can right now. Now, it's all in its infancy, so who knows where it's going to go, but being able to rack focus, pull focus, very cinematic, very important, and I love that. And that's another big thing you can do with this DOF adapter. And the last thing I'll say, it all ties to this, but it makes it have an analog feel to it in a digital world. I love the digital space. I make my living in the digital space, but for the same reason that Visco and all these other Film Convert or whatever plugins we use for Instagram or Premiere Pro or DaVinci Resolve, everyone is trying to create that more analog, celluloid, cinematic film look. And using this DOF adapter can really help you achieve that. But you probably don't want to use it to record your kid's second birthday party. Although it might look kind of cool. Well, hopefully this made sense. I was reading all the YouTube comments on my recent video and just thinking about all this stuff. And so I wanted to create a podcast about it to go into more detail that I can't on YouTube. And then again, I'm gonna have a link to a blog post in the show notes of this episode. Be sure to check that out. I'll go into even more detail and include the various pieces of gear, et cetera, that I used. And I'm likely going to include this in an upcoming course. Now, what I'm talking about here, what I'm doing on YouTube and on my blog, that's all free, of course. I use these online training courses to help support my website and my YouTube channel. And so I have a Cinematography 102 course in the works, and this will probably be part of that. And so if that interests you, look for it coming later this year. These courses take a long time to put together. But that is something that I am considering. And I'm even considering doing something even more advanced and more detailed than that. And that is make a movie, maybe not a feature, but a short film, document the whole thing, and then create a course around it. If that's something you would be interested in, drop a comment if you're watching this on YouTube or hit me up on Twitter. But for me, it's just exciting to be able to use these everyday tools, meaning your phone, to create content, whether that is a short film or it's a news story or it's a documentary, it's a music video, whatever it is. It's just that the technology that we have at our disposal today really is empowering and you don't have to ask permission. It's definitely filmmaking democratized. Thanks for listening. This has been another episode of Almost Professional. I'm Blake Calhoun, and I will look forward to talking to you in the next episode.